0: Hello hello my baby. Baby. hello
1: Welcome back to another episode of Extreme. My name is Zack.
0: Heyo, my name is Joey.
1: And this is a podcast where we dig deep on your favorite video games, and we totally improvise every opening.
0: <laughs> if you hadn't noticed.
1: Yeah, no, we don't plan this. It was literally five minutes before we started recording, we decided, let's just think... You remember? You remember that thing? Way back in the... Yeah, let's do the,
0: that. The frog? <laughs>
1: remember the frogs? Michigan, J Frog? Yeah, that one. I like him.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but yes, we're still... Digging into Spyro today, we went through World 2 last time, we're going on to World 3 because we are going chronologically.
0: That's right, that's how we do things in most things.
1: Yeah, we go <laughs> we go chronologically, 1 to 2 yeah. to 3 to 7.
0: Yeah, unless this Cause... is like a weird movie where they play the ending first.
1: Yeah, no, this isn't like Memento the game.
0: Yeah, <laughs> nice. Well,
1: that would be a really cool game though. That would Memento be a cool game. game. It tells you the
0: ending, and then you're just like, how did I end up here? (laughs) You just play each level backwards?
1: Actually, completely off topic, I saw this game, um, I forgot the name of it, I think it's called Ascent. Okay. But it's where you play a dungeon crawler, but you play it backwards. So you start off like the super-powered badass, but then as you go through, you lose
0: powers. That must be so frustrating.
1: It is, but it seems so interesting.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Cuz you start off with all these awesome powers and you have to choose which ones to give up as you move through.
0: Oh, cool.
1: So it's like whoa, weird. It's like a reverse dungeon crawler. Yeah. Anyway, this nice. is completely off topic because we're talking about yep. Spyro the Dragon.
0: Yeah, we're we're into it. We're doing yes. it. World We're in three. the
1: ma- we're in the Magic Crafters world.
0: Yeah. Not like the Lens Crafters world.
1: <laughs> because Not everybody like can- though. Not unlike it, because sometimes some of the areas just change up so much, you think, wait a minute, am I not wearing my glasses? (laughs) That can't be happening. That's the sound of you putting on your glasses and seeing things clearly. How'd you know? (laughs) See, Paul, you're not the only guy who can do sound effects. (laughs) Anyway, let's talk a little bit about the hub world here uh, in in Magic Crafters world. Yeah. Um so the hub world contains random markings that are strewn across the walls. Um couldn't really decipher what they were and there's no real basis for a language in this game, so I couldn't really <laughs> decipher what was there. I think it's just random markings to make it seem magical. Yeah. And because they're also glowing, it must be extra magical. Yeah. <laughs> Put in the sound effect for magic paul. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah
1: beautiful i love it um but not a not all uh the more magical thing that actually impacts you gameplay wise is the shifting terrain and the platforming
0: yeah that's Um, like a new thing good good addition to the game i I think
1: no absolutely i think having it switch up at this point we're world three so we're about getting into halfway into the game uh switching up the kinds of challenges that you're going to be running into, this seems like the perfect opportunity. Yeah. So not only does it change how you approach the enemies, but it changes how you approach platforming itself.
0: Right. Standard. So
1: exactly. So it's like a standard shift in any kind of platformer where they say, all right, you've mastered the basics here and now let's switch up the formula a little bit.
0: Yeah.
1: Not too much that you don't understand it. Like the enemies still are relatively easy to take down, but now you have to kind of understand, oh, okay, now there's a new barricade to me taking them down, which is literally sometimes a barricade. <laughs> nice.
0: Yeah, so, keeps you, know. you on your toes.
1: Exactly. It keeps you on your toes. Uh, but there's actually, so I was thinking about, there's a, a quote here that kind of reminded me of, um, oh my God, I'm blanking so hard. Um, maybe we roll the clip, and then it'll jog my memory. And pointing
2: out that if it's fun to run around in circles, then it's a win. And so he focused heavily on making sure that Spyro had that same toy factor. Those are his words, toy factor. And what, what ended up happening was the game was fun before we even put in enemies. Because it was fun to run Spyro around in circles, and we got the charge working, and it was fun to kill enemies with the flame and knock them over with the charge but it wasn't until we added that third dimension with gliding that suddenly
1: I right of course the toy factor that's what i wanted to talk about because Uh this area exemplifies that in such a great way where you're just kind of running around in circles but it feels a lot more fun in this game than in certain other games where it just feels like you're running around in circles and you don't really care What's there? I mean it's great that there are enemies, but like navigating the yeah. terrain with Spyro in this kind of environment where the platforms are shifting kind of exemplifies that fun factor or the toy factor as they, they put it.
0: Yeah. You could yeah, yeah, you could just run around and Exactly. Enjoy it's a ton of fun.
1: But also something I just realized in this world in particular, I think it wasn't so clear in the previous areas because we had so many of them. Uh, uh-huh. but the gems. Uh in their yeah. purpose. So they're used to unlock various worlds and realms. I think we missed this because we were already so good at collecting them that every time right. it was just like just the world's open to enough.
0: you. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Like we've never haven't run into that barricade where it's like right. you need this many gems to proceed.
0: Yeah. You could you only could like see that if you like consciously don't pick up the gems, you know?
1: Exactly. So you're just like, oh, wait a minute, I'm supposed to be doing that. But our years of platforming uh, gaming has kind of instilled in us a a compulsive need to, like, collect this shit. (laughs) So it's very odd. It's not odd. It's just we've been trained to do that. Normal. It's normal. It's like classical conditioning. We've been classically conditioned to pick things up in video games. (laughs) Which is also weirdly translated to my real life. Whenever I go outside and I see a quarter, and I'm like, "Ooh, a quarter!" Yeah. And then I. But not a dimes. Not dime. Fucking stop. For dimes. <laughs> for I do stop American for nickels though, because sometimes I think oh, they're yeah. quarters. <laughs> but yes. Anyway. Um. So yeah, that's. I think that's why we missed talking about those honestly, because we've actually been too good at collecting them.
0: Just. We're just experts, you know.
1: Oh, just brush your shoulders off casually and you know, chug a bottle of patron because you use a baller?
0: Use a baller. You use need to chug a bottle of patron if you wanna not pick enough <laughs> gems up.
1: I'm I'm pretty sure Yeah, you know what? That's how that's how you you don't pick up gems in this game because they drop gems like it's like raining money. Like, yeah. everywhere are gems, so you yeah. have to actively try to not pick up gems. Yeah. So, yeah, you'd probably have to be drunk, so, yeah, that's a fair point.
2: Yeah. Uh, you know what?
0: You'd probably pick them up anyway, even if you were, like, plastered.
1: Yeah, I mean, you'd be like, you shiny
0: <laughs> thing, I
1: like it." That was not supposed to be a dig at any kind of person. That was just, that's my voice for picking up that's shiny things. That's your drunk things. voice. That's yeah. my drunk pick up shiny <laughs> things voice. I know it. That's actually just my drunk voice, so, like, (laughs) please don't make fun. Hashtag inclusivity. Um, So I wanted to call out, I don't really think it's um, a huge thing, but it's something that the designers clearly intended that you see, because it's so obvious. There are just four green druids in a diagonal line near the entrance of this hub world. Yeah. Like, I don't know why they're they're literally lined up diagonally so that you can just kind of ram them all in one straight go. I don't know if that was for a, a particular reason or to prove a point, to kind of, like, say, like, quickly, like, look, this is how you defeat these kinds of enemies to kind of quickly convey that they're not, like, really hard to take down. Perhaps. Or maybe they just kind of, like, went into the level creator and was like, boop, 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 boop. Now they're on a the line. <laughs>
0: Copy paste, copy paste, copy paste. Good.
1: <laughs> Done. We finished that. Move on. Uh, but yeah, as we already mentioned, that the enemies can manipulate the environment, making impassable walls. So I don't want to talk about that again. Uh, there are two egg thieves actually in this realm in particular. Um, <laughs> uh, sorry, in the hub world alone. In the previous mm-hmm. ones, there were none. Uh, the only reason that I call that out is because the requirements for moving on from this stage are actually making sure you have enough dragon eggs. Right. So in this world, they actually go ham on putting the dragon eggs everywhere.
0: Yeah, it's so like a mean, new little uh, game element.
1: Exactly. So it's not an alternative objective like we, like I initially thought. It's just another one of those collectible things, like gems. It's not like something will actually happen if you get all twelve. Right. Um, and you actually don't even need that many to proceed. You just need five, and there are twelve yeah. in total.
0: <laughs> so easy. So easy.
1: Uh, and then there's actually the first introduction of the supercharge path, yeah, which allows for like super fast movements that allows for, uh, amazing jumping and gliding opportunities to really explore hidden areas in the hub world and other areas.
0: Very convenient.
1: Indeed. Actually, that reminds me of a clip that I do remember. Uh, let's roll that one real quick.
0: The game also has features, especially for hardcore gamers. In every single instance where you can super dash, there is a secret place you can get to. That is our challenge to all the really good players out there. Is not to go out and buy a hint guide or read about in the magazines, but to find out for themselves where it is they can go or what it is they can do.
1: Yeah, so as he said, um, if you are in an area with a supercharge, there's always going to be a secret to find, which is fantastic. Yeah. Um... It really kind of allows you, I mean, obviously you as the player would want to explore the possibilities of using this new mechanic because you're like, oh wait, now I can go really fast and I can glide. What are the possibilities
0: oh, yeah. here? Right. So, and it's good that you know that there's something so you're not wasting your time.
1: Exactly. Because a lot of the times it'll show you something obvious like, oh, this is here. But then you realize, oh, wait a minute. What if I jump off of there and glide around there? Because like death yeah. isn't really a big um, yeah deal a big punishment in platforming games. Yeah. Um you don't lose a lot of progress and they dole out extra lives like crazy. Yeah. So it kind of encourages you to keep trying and encourages you to keep to experiment. Indeed. Uh but let's actually jump into one of the stages here. Uh but before we yes. do, I think maybe a quick little little musical thing. Okay. Da, 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 da. No, not for me. We're back. Hey, flying into Alpine Ridge.
0: That's right. Which sounds
1: like sounds like a really great ski hill.
0: Sounds like a really nice place.
1: Yeah, wouldn't you want to go to Alpine Ridge? Yeah. It sounds like it would be like a like a Saint Savin or yeah,
0: yeah something yeah. like that or a like one of the runs.
1: Yeah, like a Mont Tremblant run or something like that.
0: Yeah.
1: Okay, those of you listening in the states, you have no idea what we're talking about. No. But, these, are, these are fun Quebec. ski hills that uh, in the rural mountains of Quebec <laughs> that Joey and I would snowboard a lot. Uh, Good we times. Uh, but yes, Alpine Ridge. Uh, there's uh, Green Druids Riding Beasts. So it's an interesting little combination of two enemies. Um, yeah. They don't really do anything different except just like if it's riding it. <laughs> it's just kind of cool to see two enemies kind of interacting like that, because before it was really just focusing on interaction with Spyro. Right. But it's cool to have the enemies interacting yeah, with each yeah. other. Yeah. Um, and yeah. actually, on that same note, later in the level, there are two wizards doing like a little wizard battle with each other, like without yeah. really paying you any mind. <laughs> I
0: know. That was so it, weird.
1: It's weird because now it's like, oh, interesting. Not only are the enemies gonna obviously like care about what you're doing but in some cases they'll just be like dueling with each other
0: interesting fine with me
1: yeah it makes our jobs a little easier (laughs) uh but it's an interesting little touch because i think they were kind of building off of the idea that they had initially where they were like we want the enemies to be interacting with the player but what else can we do beyond that well what if we have the enemies interacting with each other right so that makes it even
0: more interesting makes them a little more uh Dynamic, I guess.
1: Yeah, it makes them more fleshed out as 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 enemies because they don't yeah. seem one dimensional. Where it's like, my existence is to kill the dragon. Like, no, yeah. like you maybe you have a vendetta against the red wizards because <laughs> the red wizards keep stealing all your tomatoes, and then you're just like, you'll never get my blueberries. That's
0: like, why they're all red.
1: That's why they're red. They actually have different fruit and vegetables that they harvest over The red ones are for tomatoes The blue ones are for blueberries And the yellow ones are for bananas
0: Bananas
1: Yeah, if anybody tells you any different They're liars and do not believe them
0: <laughs> This is part of the game
1: <laughs> This is part of the game It's canon
0: <laughs> it's I read Wikipedia.
1: it If it's on the internet, it's true <laughs> I heard that once Because who would lie on the internet?
0: No one, ever Nobody, I've
1: never heard of that. Uh, but there is a cool little, uh, back to the game, there's a cool little platforming challenge that I don't remember actually being um, fully fleshed out in previous areas. Uh, yeah. It's time- timed platforming puzzles. Right. Uh, which is a staple of mo- many platforming games. But here, yeah. uh, because now they've introduced environmental manipulation, they can kind of flesh that out into more detail.
0: Yeah. That's um, good. It works like it's a good uh, little challenge.
1: Exactly, and I think heavily leaning on the whole environmental manipulation thing for not just this uh, this realm, but the entire hub world itself, kind of makes for more interesting, and it kind of makes the world stand out a bit more. Yeah, I, sure. I get the, I get it. You call them different worlds, and you give them slightly different enemies, but in the end, like they all go down with the same one hit. They all yeah. go down like they're all basically they act similarly. Yeah. But if you add in that twist of environmental manipulation for world three here, it really makes it more memorable.
0: Yeah, and it's in actually a... like the most challenging part of, of the game so far, I think.
1: Exactly, the platforming is definitely where the difficulty comes in, because I don't think like dealing with enemies really is more of just like a nuisance than a yeah. problem. <laughs> They're just kind of like there, and it's like,
0: oh. I have to press <sighs> this button now. I
1: blew fire at you. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, make a sound effect of me blowing fire. <laughs> that was not fire! <laughs> what? That? What? Paul, why you do this, man? Why you do this to me? Why you do this to me? I trusted you. Anyway. I'll get over it, um, but yeah, I—that's uh, really what I wanted to talk about with the Alpine Ridge here—is yep. uh, it really fully emphasizes this uh, environmental manipulation and enemy interaction.
0: So far, my favorite level.
1: Yeah, it's definitely up there. I I, I really like it. Um, but should we move on? Yeah. To the high caves. ha Hi- yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you get it. It's like the f- it's like Yeah. <laughs> <We're up laughs> yeah, yeah, we're high in the sky altitude-wise.
0: <laughs>
1: There's also a joke about weed. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this introduces uh the wind wizard actually, a new enemy type. Uh yeah. that I wanted to call out only because the level design is specifically created to uh emphasize the difficulty of dodging their attacks right uh because they shoot out these like whirlwind tornadoes um which is easy enough to dodge in like an open environment but the way that they create the actual level layout is there's a lot of narrow passageways and narrow right. platforming so the True. platform is nearly taken up by the
0: tornado yeah that's a good point
1: so it actually kind of complements the enemy design
0: there yeah smart uh,
1: yeah, it's a smart little part of design because you could just keep them, uh, like, separately in the giant uh, overarching world itself, but they wouldn't really stand out in that way. Uh-huh. Uh, by kind of forcing the environment to make their attacks more uh, difficult and where you have to actually pay more attention, you remember the enemy that much more. And you remember actually how to deal with them better.
0: Right. And you get good at dealing with them quickly.
1: I'm so flippin lootly. You get good. You get good. G-I-T-G-U with an umlaut D. Yeah. It's, it's German now.
0: Git good.
1: I'm so sorry if there are people in Germany who didn't like that accent. <laughs> uh, but as we keep moving on, there are more supercharged ramps um, that, uh, again... Uh, fun. fantastic little you know ways yeah. to figure out where things are, and you find fun stuff. Uh, but there's actually a big focus on fairies in this world. Yeah. Uh, fairies that help fire uh Spyro if he falls. Um, and then one specific so purple fair. Yeah, it's very convenient. You you don't actually die, which is great. Yeah. Uh, but I think the reason that they have that specifically is because of the ramp jumps. Yeah. The uh, yeah, supercharged yeah. ramp jumps, because there's so many opportunities for you to jump and explore. And they don't want to keep punishing you with a death each time. So they actually right. have these fairies to kind of mitigate that death. Yeah. So then you feel like you can keep jumping and exploring because there's no penalty. Right. And in fact, actually, the fairies bring you back to the start of the supercharge I'm saying like, don't worry, just do it again.
0: Just, yeah. Try yeah again. It's like,
1: don't worry. It's like, we're cool. Hakuna Matata yeah. and all that.
0: And it's good. They don't take you to the other side. So it's like, okay, I don't need to jump. I can just run off and the fairies will bring me. You have to actually do it.
1: <laughs> exactly. Um, and then there's also the Purple Fairy that blesses Spyro with, like, super flame, which I guess does dub- double damage. Nice. Uh, and he glows red, and then the flame is more pronounced, and it, it like you feel like a difference has happened. Yeah. But uh, the weird thing is that not a lot of enemies really require more than one hit. Right. So, like, having a super flame doesn't really seem like much of a...
0: a... It's not that big a deal.
1: No, it's not that big of a deal where it changes the gameplay-wise like a Super Charge would. No, uh, but it's a super, just fun. It's fun to have. Yeah. It's a nice to have.
0: It's nice.
1: Yeah, uh, but that's all I really got for this particular stage. Is there anything else you want to talk about here? Uh, No. You want to buy some time while I take a sip of my coffee?
0: All right. So... The next... Level. Fantastic!
1: You nailed it. Let's move on to Crystal Flight.
0: Wait, but there are spiders.
1: <laughs> there are spiders. I hate spiders, and I don't even want to talk about them. There's spiders infesting my own goddamn apartment. I don't want to talk about like fake ones. I oh, know. I know it sucks. I killed like four yesterday. It's nuts.
0: Oh shit! I guess. Um.
1: Are they trying to like Highlander me, year, or it's like you know? we must kill the interloper? I don't think that's Highlander. I think I got confused. I don't know. It is that time of year. You're very right. Um, let's. Do you want to move on to Crystal Flight, or did you want to talk about the spiders?
0: No, let's not talk about the spiders.
1: No, we can talk about the spiders if you want. No. fine, you you talk about Crystal
0: them. Crystal Flight. Let's do it. We're flying. We.
1: Let's fly into a clip first.
2: <laughs> the gliding levels were an interesting challenge because we spent a lot of time with the controls and trying to figure out whether or not we wanted it to be a true flying level where you have complete uh, six degrees of freedom or constrain it in some way. And I think that took a lot of internal testing to figure out that sweet spot where you feel like you can do anything, but in reality, we're constraining things. So it feels good, but we're not letting you get frustrated. It also opened up a lot more gameplay possibilities for us in terms of design. And I think that variety that Spyro has in its levels and in terms of what we ask players to do is something that does make it special, for, certainly for games of that era.
0: Wow, what a fun and interesting clip. That was a good clip. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, but no, it's very interesting because uh, they really wanted to emphasize the differentiation of this kind of stage. Um, actually, apparently, I didn't realize this, there's one of this stage in each world. We just missed the one in yes. World 1.
0: And I don't think we missed it. Maybe I we, we did talk about it.
1: Well maybe we didn't talk about it. Maybe yeah. we forgot to talk about it. But yeah. yes, there's one of these in each world. Um it, that kind of acts the same way. It breaks up the gameplay for the other three world or three levels.
0: Yeah, just like a bonus level.
1: Exactly. Um, but they really just kind of change out maybe one or two things like that you have to deal with. Um like the previous one you had to deal with a, a lighthouse, and this one you deal with biplanes. Uh, yeah um so it's the, still the same kind of how you deal with it you both flame both of them but it's a, a different asset yeah um but it's still a good little break in the gameplay so that it doesn't f- become stale right um but that's really all i got actually for crystal flight Ugh. yeah we're going I mean, a little it's
0: fast just a bonus you know
1: that's true Uh, Should we take a quick little music break? All right. Okay, just do that. Paul put, put in the sound effects of us walking away very slowly, like backing away, and then you start the music. ready to drag this on
0: yeah let's drag on on. I see what you did there look at you
1: no don't do that again (laughs) okay no are you kidding me this is the whole point of this show is just an elaborate ruse for us to say as many puns as we can possibly think of that's right that's what we've been doing for the past 73 episodes.
0: That's why people love us. It's the puns.
1: It's only the puns. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's fine. I'm, I'm cool with that. <laughs> I don't really need much in my life. Just, this, just that. Validate the puns.
0: Just love my puns.
1: Honestly, I'm confused because people say they hate puns, but then half of the things that get stupid popular are just people doing puns.
0: Who hates puns? Whoever says they hate puns are just being ironic.
1: They're just doing that to say, oh, I hate puns. But no, you will laugh every time at a pun. Anytime you're like, oh, unironic, like eye roll. Like, no, you're trying to hold back a laugh and I fucking know it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's the truth.
1: Anyway, should we talk about Wizard Peak?
0: Wizard Peak. All right.
1: Um, Isn't that
0: like a hairline?
1: (laughs) Yeah, actually if you have a wizard's peak, you uh go to Hogwarts.
0: <laughs> seriously though, what is it called?
1: Uh, Widow's Peak.
0: Widow's Peak, yeah.
1: <laughs> they both start with W I. Yeah. And it's just we zone off a little bit after that, but about the same. Yeah. I'm pretty sure if you become a widow, you actually become a wizard. Oh, but no, shit. this is not an invitation to do anything. Guys, seriously, I was kidding, that's a joke.
0: Yeah. No, don't kill your husbands.
1: God, no, That does that's not even how you become... No, don't, dude. Oh, goddammit. Talk about Wiz, Wizard Peak. Wizard Peak. So it combines the elements of, uh, honestly, Alpine Ridge and High Caves. There's not too yeah. much new to it. It's like uh, darker out. It's a little darker out. There's still the same narrow platforming. There's the same enemies. They put a lot more enemies in this stage, but honestly, they're all just one hit wonders and they all go down yeah. pretty quick
0: yeah same like platforming kind of things
1: exactly um it's still it, it's just an amalgam of what the previous state uh stages were in this area yeah um not too much new to it but i mean that's fine we had a lot of cool new yeah. things in the previous two or
0: previous yeah they well, can not have new things in every level
1: that's true. You got to space it out. If you kind of front load with all the fun stuff, then the back half of the game is just no fun. Yeah. So, but that's all I really got I I feel like I I'm, I'm underselling Wizard Peak.
0: No, it's a great level. It's fun.
1: Yeah, it's still a fun level, you guys. Uh, but let's see. Right. I guess let's talk about Blowhard then. All right. Confronting Blowhard, the boss of this uh of this realm. <laughs> so, it's literally it's a, it's, a, it's a wind wizard, except the wizard yeah. is like 80% wind?
0: Yeah. It's like 80% eyes. tornado. It's like, it's like wind with eyes and a hat.
1: Yeah, maybe like 90% tornado and then 10% wizard.
0: <laughs>
1: it's like if an actual tornado was a wizard. Oh my God, that would be terrifying. What if Twister was like, they changed the movie? Where it was just like <laughs> an actual wizard. Wiz- it was a wizard tornado, and then they got all sucked up, and then they met the wizard in the tornado and be like, you have now become a part of my essence.
0: <laughs> I am blowhard.
1: <laughs> Do you get the joke? It is because I am a tornado, and I blow <laughs> things away very Hard. hard. <laughs> I feel like people who yeah. take that whole very hard thing out of context.
0: Yeah. Well, it's okay.
1: Also, blowhard, just... Okay, never mind. Yeah,
0: um, yeah. Let's not get into it.
1: No, let's actually get into this clip instead to kind of distract people. Distraction!
0: That it. even the kids who are like eight who really are the perfect age for this aspired to be like yeah. their the older kids who played games with guns and and, you know, driving over people with cars and stuff like that, so... Um, but it seems like if you get, like, you get an eight-year-old alone to play a game, they would, play, they would be super happy playing a, a game like this, but then if there was like an older kid in the room, they wouldn't want to be caught
2: playing a baby game or something like that. You know? that, that was what we heard too, and it was hard to accept it, really, at first, because mm-hmm. then we were thinking to ourselves, well, should we be making games for five-year-olds? What's... what's <laughs> where, where's the cutoff here? Mm-hmm. And I, we, there wasn't really ever an answer. We had the same it, problem in the focus groups, by the way, too. Yeah. It was painful to watch focus groups where you would have somebody who was clearly the leader yeah. in the group or appointed mm-hmm. himself or herself the leader and mm-hmm. would say, yeah, I don't play these kind of games or this game just looks like kids' games. And the kids that you've just seen having Enjoying a blast yeah. go like, yeah, this game, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, my little brother would like it, but he's three. But I, I feel people still like that and they are being underserved. Underserved. I agree.
1: Um, well, again, oh, that was a good quote. Thank you for breaking that up. Um <laughs> explaining it a little bit more. Um actually completely i that was like a, a non-segue for the ages. Uh but it actually I wanted to talk about this a little bit, and I figured since we have a little extra time right now, uh would be a good time to talk. Um it's about the fact that like uh like Ted Price initially didn't think this game would sell that well. Uh, okay. But mainly, the, the reason was because of those focus groups that he mentioned in the clip, right? But it's a damn shame because then it led to like the gray, washed out games, like the new Call of Duty that we have here, and then just yeah, that's what's like. It's crazy because why I want more of these colorful, exciting worlds to live in that just isn't the dry, dreary, blandness that these gray, gun wielding, super macho. I put macho in quotes like-esque games <laughs> that we had, like, an oversaturation of in the past recent years. Yeah. Like, the world is gray and bleak enough without games completely going there, too.
0: Right. Like, the games, like, are for, like, something different.
1: Like, games for a lot of people are escapism <laughs> and getting away from yeah. their problems. Sure. Not for me, but, yeah. I mean, I there, I'm not saying <laughs> there's no place for games that have gray and, you know harsher darker tones because they obviously are great but the problem was that everybody did it it became yeah. oversaturated and it wasn't fun it's like when somebody gives you a lollipop and you're like oh man i really like this lollipop and then they gave you a thousand lollipops and say this is the only food you get <laughs> and you're like because you said you because liked you it. said you like lollipops once and now you're just like <laughs> sitting here with like no teeth Because they've been rotted out of your brain. And you're just like, I don't like lollipops anymore. I want a sandwich. And they're like, no, you eat more lollipops.
0: (laughs) That should be a show.
1: (laughs) Just forcing kids to eat lollipops?
0: Yeah. (laughs) I
1: feel like that was like a sketch on like the Eric Andre show. Or maybe on Kenny versus Spenny, or something. Yeah, maybe. But like, yeah, I mean, again, I'm not shitting on Call of Duty and like those kind of games. It's just the fact that they got oversaturated and mainly because of that, like, feeling that the, the focus groups brought where it's like, uh, oh, this is a baby game because it's colorful. It's like, what does that even mean?
0: <laughs>
1: the world is also colorful. Does the world a baby game?
0: Uh, adults like colors.
1: Yeah, I wear a lot of different colors in my day to day life. I don't wear just a gray pocket tee; it'd be boring as hell.
0: Yeah, you gotta, you gotta wear those yellows, <laughs> yellows. <laughs>
1: I wear those bumblebee yellows. Yeah. Anyway, we got really off topic. I, I don't actually have much else to talk about for this world. Do you think we should? We'll wrap it up. We let's. We've. Yeah, let's wrap. I it think up. we've taken up enough we, time.
0: Yeah, uh, world three. Mm-hmm. You know, gotta get ready for world four. That's true. I'll do the. I feel like shit's about to go down.
1: Oh, my God. I mean, dude, the name of the next place is, like, the Beast Makers. So, obviously, you know it's going to be crazy. But we'll talk about that next week. Um, But for right now, again, thank you guys so much for listening. We really appreciate it. If you want to send us any feedback, comments, criticisms, concerns, questions, anything else in that realm, give us a shout-out at It's the Xtreme on Twitter. Or, honestly, again, just... Go to Google, type in It's the extreme" yeah. all one word, uh, and then you'll find all of our shit.
0: So many ways. Yeah.
1: On Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, we have our website that's up um, that I'm trying to yes. put more content up on. Um, but check it out. It looks pretty cool, I think. Uh, but then again, I'm biased, so...
0: I think it looks pretty cool.
1: And uh, yeah, if you want to send us an email too, it's, it's theextreme at gmail.com. That's I-T-S-T-A-G-X-S-T-R-E-A-M at gmail.com. Uh,
0: anything great. else
1: you want to talk about before we close out here?
0: Yeah, just don't forget to write all that shit down that Zach just said.
1: Awesome. All right, so I think we'll head off to the Beast then.
0: To the Beast Makers! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, penis.